Hey everyone, I'm Holden Sherman from Miles of Sports Podcast. Today, on mile 37, I want to give you a breakdown of both conference final series. You've got the Eastern Conference Finals, which is the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. And then you've got the Western Conference Finals, which is the Dallas Mavericks, who just pulled off an incredible comeback versus the veteran Golden State Warriors. I think both series are going to be really exciting. I think there's going to be certain parts of these matchups that really decide who's going to win. I think right now in the NBA, you've got really four four teams left that are super interesting. You've got Luka Doncic, who is doing the carry job. You've got Jason Tatum and the Celtics, who, you know, they're more of a cohesive team, but they're still somewhat young. You've got the Miami Heat, who are just have a ton of veterans, a ton of champions. A, a lot of their young players have finals experience because of their run two years ago. And then you've got the Golden State Warriors. The three-time champions with their crew right now, they went to five straight finals. Then they took a little break these last two years due to injuries, especially Clay Thompson's injuries these last two years. But, you know, they're back. They got home court advantage for the rest of the playoffs if they advance to the finals. So I think it's going to be really exciting. So let's get into it. The first series I want to talk about is the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics, the series starting tonight. You know, both these teams, they took different paths to get to where they are now. Miami, they kind of had an easy first-round matchup, gentleman sweep of the Hawks. Trey Young was never able to get into a rhythm. They had to deal with some injuries. Miami did. Jimmy Butler missed Game 5, and Kyle Lowry got hurt in Game 3, and he missed the rest of the series. Um, Victor Oladipo really steps up up for them in Game 5, and ever since the first round, Oladipo's been playing much better than he was before as he's getting more healthy and more acclimated into the system and helping Miami um, continue to have that depth that they've been able to have this whole year and just add to it. And then they played Philadelphia. They took games one and two with ease, but there was obviously no Joel Embiid for Philadelphia. Games three and four, James Harden had a good game, which was a big deal in game four. Uh, Joel Embiid, he came back and he dominated Bam Adebayo in game three. But then the series went back to Miami for game five. And in games five and six, Miami dominated and they took over. For Boston, they played the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. A lot of people, including myself, had the Nets winning that series. But to everyone's surprise, not only did the Celtics win, but all four of those games were super close. And just down the stretch, the Celtics were the better team. And that was surprising to many. But when they needed to be clutch, they were. And then first Milwaukee. The Bucks obviously didn't have Chris Middleton, but overall, Jason Tatum's performance in Game 6 after how poorly the Celtics played in Game 5 when they were up by 14 points in the fourth quarter and they blew the lead and Marcus Smart was playing terrible down the stretch. They were able to come back. Jason Tatum, 46 points in Game 6. They were able to withstand Giannis's like 40-plus and like 20-board performance in Game 6. And then in Game 7... Grant Williams became Steph Curry. The Celtics, they shot like, I think, 50 plus threes. They were able to beat the Bucs to advance the conference finals. So we have the same conference finals we had less than two years ago, even though it was two seasons ago. In the bubble, we've got the Heat and we've got the Celtics. So this series is really interesting. I think right now, and it's crazy to say because he's been an all-star a ton of times, two times in the last three years. He, want, he could have been an All-Star last year, but he rejected it because no Bam Adebayo um, in the All-Star game, and he wanted to be with a teammate. But I think Jimmy Butler is very underrated. His leadership is just throughout this, this world. 
And, you know, he really rallies and motivates the Heat, and it really depicts what Heat culture is. I think that's got to do a lot with his strong relationship that he has with Dwayne Wade. He played with him while he was on the Bulls. And overall, just Jimmy, I think it just, he really displays the toughness that this team has. Butler is also shooting a higher percentage from the field than Jason Tatum is. And Butler's shooting well from three. And I don't want to call that an anomaly because Jason Tatum, although, well, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's a great playoff player and he steps up when he needs to. So I don't want to really overanalyze saying, well, you know, Jimmy shooting well from three, that can't last. Maybe he doesn't shoot at the percentage that he is right now, but I still believe him to be a respectable three-point shooter because just he's got that clutch gene, I feel. I mean, just have to look less than two years ago in the finals, Jimmy Butler's 40-point games, just spectacular. And overall with this Miami team, I think they just have so much depth. And what the thing about their depth, um, as I've said before, I'm not the biggest fan of depth later in the playoffs, and we're now later in the playoffs, of course. They are able to um, consolidate their depth. You know, you've got your starting lineup. Uh, you've got Max Struess. You've got, you've got Jimmy. You've got P.J. Tucker. He's been playing phenomenal. You've got Bam, who's going to have an easier time inside versus Al Horford as opposed to going up against Joel Embiid. You've also got Tyler Harrell off the bench. Oladipo has been stepping up. Kyle Lowry will return at some point, but when he's not playing, I'm still confident they can take victories as the Heat are undefeated this year when Lowry doesn't play in the playoffs. And overall, I just think this team has a lot of balance, and I'm not concerned about them having that three-level score like I used to be because I think Butler can be that or imitate that for the time being. And I also think the Heat's defense is obviously stellar. And I think that they also have the coaching advantage in this series, and they also know that they've beaten this Boston team. Now, obviously, the roster two years ago for the Celtics was a bit different. Kemba Walker was on that roster. There was no Al Horford. The Celtics had Gordon Hayward. But overall, Marcus Smart was there. Jalen Brown was there. Jason Tatum was there. Robert Williams was there. Grant Williams was there. There are some similarities. I think, however, Boston will put up a good fight. And I think there will be games where Jason Tatum, you know, he's got, he has 37 and he's got eight threes or six threes or whatever. And, you know, there's probably going to be games for Boston where their bench, they got a Grant Williams type game seven game from Grant Williams or Marcus Smart goes off and he hits eight threes. I mean, he's done it before in the playoffs. Look at the 2017 conference finals. He just had a spectacular game, which led the Celtics to their one game that they won in that series versus the Cavaliers and LeBron James. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics won, but overall, I'm going to go with Miami due to their experience. And I feel like there's not a hungrier team in the NBA right now than Miami. Obviously, Boston, you know, they're playing tremendous, but I don't know exactly who I can trust outside of Tatum sometimes scoring-wise. And with Miami, although I don't know exactly who I can trust, I always know that someone else is going to step up. Tyler Harrow, he hasn't been the greatest overall to start these playoffs, but I think that can be a lot due to matchups. I think that, you know, Harrow, he was going to be guarded by, he was guarded by Maxi, but he was also guarded by Thibault and Tobias Harris, larger defenders. And if you think about last, the two years ago in the playoffs, Tyler Harrow was spectacular, especially in game four to make the, the Heat have a 3-1 lead over 
the Boston Celtics. So I think he'll be able to step up. I also wonder how effective Al Horford will really be because I think Bam Adebayo is going to shut him down. And I think Bam Adebayo could really tire out Al Horford inside. It's kind of like a Joel Embiid type matchup just due to Bam's explosiveness and how athletic he is for his size, even though Bam is a little undersized. And overall, I think the coaching matchups, although close, and I think Ime Odoka is a really good coach, especially for um, someone in their first year coaching a team, I think I'm going to side with Eric Spolstra, who's been coaching for a super long time, and I trust a ton. And I think overall, this Heat team, you know, they just, they buckle up when they need to. And I think when Lowry comes back and really gets in his rhythm, I think that's going to be really important. So something that I didn't like with what happened with the Heat in the second round is they brought Lowry back and then he right away stopped playing. If I was them, I'd be really careful with the injury. You need that defense to help strengthen your team. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to be really careful with Lowry and make sure he gets his full rest because I've shown an ability to win. I also think Victor Oladipo is going to be a nice part for this team. If he's guarded by Peyton Pritchard, I think Oladipo's at that point where he's healthy enough to exploit matchups on Pritchard. One player that I think is going to be really key in this series is Grant Williams. If he's able to limit P.J. Tucker shooting and he's able to help on Bam Adebayo a lot, I think Boston could possibly win. But I think overall, due to the home court advantage, which the Heat have exploited a ton as they're the, with the Golden State Warriors, the only two teams left who have won every single home game in the playoffs this year that they've had, I'm going to go with the Heat to win in seven games and go to the finals for the second time in three years. As I'm recording this, I find out that Al Horford and Marcus Smart are out for game one. Marcus Smart is out due to injury, but Al Horford is out due to health and safety protocols, which puts his availability for games two and three also in jeopardy. Marcus Smart, I think he'll be back game two. I bet this is probably injury management. He had to play in game seven. You know, game one, you can take off. It's fine. But if Horford misses games one, two, and three, I think Bam Adebayo is just going to feast inside on Daniel Tice and Robert Williams. And I think that if that happens, I'm going to go with Miami to win this in six. But I'm going to assume Horford comes back by game three at the latest. So I'm still going to roll with the Heat in seven games but I think this is a big loss. Now on to the Western Conference Finals matchup between the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. The Dallas Mavericks, they started off this playoffs without Luka Doncic for the first three games against the Jazz. They took care of business in those, those games. They went 2-1 and one in them, and then they closed out business versus the Jazz in six games. And then... Next round, against the Phoenix Suns, they go down 2-0. It looks like Phoenix is just going to obliterate the Mavericks. And even if Luka has a good game, it's just not going to be enough. Then they go back home. They win games 2-3, and three, uh, 3 and 4, excuse me, convincingly, I'd say. And then they just get obliterated in game 5, in the second half especially. So now they're down 3-2. But then Superstar... Top 10 player in the NBA, Luka Doncic shows why he's a superstar and a top 10 player in the NBA. And in games six and seven, he totally dominates the Suns. He outplays Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And, you know, he gets back at Devin Booker for kind of trolling him early in the series, as well as Chris Paul for not mentioning his name 
when listing the good players that the Mavs have and mentioning Theo Pinson in uh, the game one interview he had after the game. So he gets back at them and the Mavs just look really hot right now. Dinwiddie, he had a great game seven. He was also solid in game six. Jalen Brunson, he, he's been good throughout the entirety of the playoffs and he's been playing well, especially these last couple games the Mavericks have had. And then you've got the Golden State Warriors who gentlemen sweeped the Denver Nuggets in round one. They took them five games and Golden State just looked totally unbeatable for most of that series. Steph Curry was hitting on all cylinders. Jordan Poole was too. Clay Thompson was finding his rhythm, even though other people are trying to say Clay isn't the same. He's been magnificent for my liking and for how this offense is going. Andrew Wiggins was great. And then you've got the second round series they had versus the Memphis Grizzlies, where they win game one, even though they probably shouldn't have. Then in game two, Gary Payton, the second, who was starting for them that game, gets hurt on the flagrant two foul by Dylan Brooks. They don't win that game. John Moran is 47. Then they go back to the Bay for game three, and they just totally destroy the Memphis Grizzlies, and John Morant gets hurt. And then in game four, the Grizzlies can't keep up with the Warriors at the end as every everyone in that game was just shooting terrible, but the Warriors were able to step up when they needed to. Steph Curry, I believe, had 18 points in that fourth quarter to propel the Warriors to a victory in game four. And then they just get absolutely destroyed in game five. They were down by like 52 points at one point. They should have played with more intensity, but they didn't. And then they closed stuff out in game six. And I think I'm going to side with Golden State here. And look, I'm going to go with six games here. I want to say five, but just out of respect for Luka Doncic, I'm not going to get him. I'm, I, I can't see him losing in a gentleman sweep. He's only lost in the two playoff series he's lost. He lost in six games and he lost in seven games. So I don't envision Luka losing in five. But I think overall, one thing that both the Nuggets and the Grizzlies had that the Mavericks don't is someone to punish the Warriors inside for their lack of size. One, as we saw in game six, Kevon Looney was spectacular. He had 22 rebounds. He had a double-double with offensive and defensive rebounds, which is just insane. And he kind of helped that. And during the Grizzlies series, Stephen Adams was playing more as the matchups for the Grizzlies. They felt like that would be beneficial for them. So he was playing against legitimate size, and they obviously had Jaron Jackson. But the Mavericks, they don't have someone to really exploit the Warriors' lack of, of size. Max Kleba, he's nice. Dwight Powell, props to him for playing 82 games this year after tearing his ACL in 2020. And Boban, everyone loves Boban, but... He's not really making that type of impact to even get on the court during the intense moments of this series, most likely, that I think the Warriors will not feel like that's going to be um, hurting them. Now, I know the Mavericks, they've got Dinwiddie and they've got Jalen Brunson outside of Luka, who at times during these playoffs have really stepped up and found ways to create their own shot. They also have Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith, who've been really good, and also Reggie Bullock, who is just such a great 3 and D player. I'm a Knicks fan, so I was bummed when the Knicks let him go last offseason because of his ability to defend and also shoot the ball. So they have some assets. But to me, they're kind of just a mini Golden State Warriors. You know, they've got like a star that offenses that that their offense runs through. Now, um, and they their star also gravitates a lot of attention. 
The Warriors, their offense, I know it's a team-based system, but it really runs runs through Steph. He kind of is the origin of it, and he helped Jordan Poole kind of establish the ball-handling abilities to help run Curry's system as well. So Curry is the system, and Luka, I think, is not as good of a shooter as Steph Curry, as no one is. He's the best shooter of all time. And I think when those double teams come due to the Warriors' elite defense, I don't know how much I trust Brunson, Dinwiddie, Finney-Smith, and Bullock to make those shots every game because I think the Warriors have better defenders on the perimeter than the Suns do. Draymond Green, when healthy, is a top three defender in the NBA. There's an argument to be made that Draymond should be the defensive player of the year this year. I know he probably didn't play enough games to win the award in many people's mind, but how poorly the Warriors' defense was and how much more losing the Warriors had when Draymond wasn't playing could be a stronger argument for why Draymond should have won the award. But, you know, he can guard the perimeter. I think Klay Thompson's a much better defender than people are giving him credit. He was spectacular on defense in Game 6. And Andrew Wiggins, obviously, he probably shouldn't have been an all-star starter, but he definitely was an all-star this year due to how the Warriors were playing in the first half of the season. And I think that that's just going to be too many people for the Mavericks to kind of take advantage of. I think, though, Luka will just have a game where he's got like 45, 13, and 13, and there's nothing the Warriors can do. I think that's more likely to be at home just because the Mavs have played just so spectacular at home, especially last series where they went 3-0 and and they dominated the Suns in all those games. But I think overall, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, they haven't lost a series before the finals with Steve Kerr as the coach for a reason. I also think the reason why the Warriors, one of the reasons why the Warriors got blown out and absolutely destroyed in game four was the fact that they were on the road, but also because Steve Kerr was out due to health and safety protocols. Steve Kerr is out of health and safety protocols. So I think that's definitely going to help them. And also the play of Looney is really going to hurt the Mavericks because if he is having um, an easy time getting offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds when he's on the court. It's just going to be too much for Dallas to overcome because they don't have anyone who can compensate for their lack of size. I think the Warriors will take this in six games on their way to their sixth finals appearance under Steve Kerr. But I think it will be a good series and definitely a very exciting one. Both these teams are great from three, and you're definitely just going to see a lot of three-point performances, whether it's by Reggie Bullock, Luka Doncic or Steph Curry or Klay Thompson or the explosiveness of Jordan Poole, you're going to see a lot of exciting basketball and very fast-paced moving basketball with a lot of passing and a lot of motion. It's going to be fun. I'm Holden Sherman from Miles of Sports Podcast, and this wraps up Mile 37, where I give my predictions and analysis for both NBA Conference Final Series. We've got the Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics, in the Eastern Conference, and then we've got the Golden State Warriors versus the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference. I love the narrative right now that's going on in the NBA by a lot of people, which is that all these teams were primarily built, and I love that right now in the NBA. It kind of silences the super team, which a lot of people want, even though I'm personally a fan of super teams, but you know, any NBA content to me, I love. And I love what's going on right now. It's really exciting. Next year, when Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, all their teams are better and they're more healthy. I don't know if you'll see all four of these teams in the conference finals back. So I'm excited for it. 
you know, we've got young teams in right now. We've got balanced teams. We've got experienced teams. So it's really fun and exciting. I hope you guys enjoy the conference finals. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Miles of Sports podcast. Have a good day.